Bonnie Bowman, and I'm here today with Kate Frazier-Neely, who is a voice teacher and musician for over 32 years. She's worked with some of the top singers in classical musical theater, jazz, and pop music. She has worked with students who have been on Broadway. They've worked at the Kennedy Center, Cirque du Soleil, the Washington National Opera. You name it, her students have been there. She's also a practitioner of somatic voice work, the Levetri Method, a body-based holistic approach to teaching singing based on voice science, as well as the principles of somatics. She has a master's and bachelor's degree in vocal pedagogy. 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 I had trouble with that last time. (laughs) And vocal performance. And she's performed herself as a singer in contemporary chamber music, opera, musical theater, and up and down the East Coast and throughout the Midwest. She also has an extensive instrumental background. She's a published composer, an awesome mom, and she's, she's just done so much cool stuff. Welcome, Kate. Thanks, Thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks, And Kelly. we're here to talk about, really, how you've made lemons out of lemonade. <laughs> and, uh, no, wait a minute. We're here to talk about how you've made <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> what? Whatever. It, it all tastes good. <laughs> and you have a trilogy of, of books coming out to, dis- to talk about your experiences. And I love this story because so many people have things happen to them in their lives and and you know it it just brings them down and they can't quite figure out what the reason for the for these things you know I've had experiences I it, myself and um I know what it takes to really pull yourself up by your bootstrings but I think there's so much more to what happens to us in life and if we really surrender and allow life to teach us what we're here to learn. And you're such a great example of this. Talk about your story and how you've turned it into a teaching and healing career, really. Well, I would like to talk today about a diagnosis I received in February of this year of vocal fold paralysis. Mm. And um, What's interesting about this is that I am a voice teacher and a singer, and so to get this diagnosis was pretty devastating, although I knew something was wrong for many years. It actually started as early as 2006 or 2007, and I thought it was because (laughs) of all the abdominal surgery I had had that I just didn't have the strength to sing anymore. But I had an opportunity, a professional opportunity, that was too good to pass down. Um, The Smithsonian had uh, invited me to do a series of concerts and to be part of their resident associate uh, faculty, and I didn't want to lose that opportunity. And as I tried to sing and get ready for my programs, um, I began barking and Mm -hmm. voice would skip. Uh, There was no strength. I started having to hold my head at an odd angle in order to get any sound. And this went on and actually got worse uh, until 2008 when I decided to stop singing professionally because I thought it was something I was doing wrong. Women do that, don't we? We think it's something we have done wrong. Therefore, since I couldn't fix it, that meant I needed to stop. And I turned to other forms of art at that time for my own artistic expression, although my job as a voice teacher was keeping me pretty busy. But that is serving other people's art and other people's growth. And I think all 
artists and who are teachers need to be cultivating their own sense of creativity along with the people that they are helping. So I had turned to making jewelry and I had returned to writing, which is something I'd always loved to do and started a blog. And then last summer I got a cold and after a few days the voice completely cut out, the speaking voice completely cut out. There was absolutely nothing. I've never had this happen before. And I went five days not being able to speak, which my husband rather liked, I think. <laughs> and um, not, I lost five days of income. And I finally uh, decided that I needed to move from my teacher who was diagnosing problems with breath management and resonance and I went to see a singing voice specialist in New York City by the name of Jeannie Lavetri, someone that I had known for quite a few years, but I had lost touch with. Uh, Jeannie listened to me once, and she said, I think you have a paralysis, and you need to be seen by a qualified otolaryngologist right away, which I did in February, and that's when it was diagnosed. I've had enough voice science that as I was looking at my vocal cords on the screen in front of me, I could see what was happening. Mm. I could see that the vocal folds themselves looked fine, but they were fluttering around like butterfly wings. They were just like blah, 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 blah. And the diagnosis was that the neurology was not getting through. So unlike Adele, unlike Steven Taylor, unlike Diane Reams, the neurology just was not getting to the cords. The cords themselves were okay. And the doctor basically said that this was very rare and that I wouldn't get any singing back unless I had surgery. At the time, there was nothing but a hiss above my speaking voice, but my speaking voice was very weak and my low voice notes were very weak. And I thought, oh, great, just one more curveball in the great game of life. How on earth am I going to deal with this? So how ironic that a, a singer and a voice teacher develops vocal paralysis. I mean, did you did you see the irony in that? At the it was, at there the, was a lot of woe is me there sure. at, at first. Um, and a lot of, I, I actually felt shaky because I felt like the foundation of who I knew myself to be had just been pulled right out from underneath me. Mm. And it's kind of like when um, mothers start to experience the empty nest. You start to go through this identification change that takes years. Sure. And um, I was having that go on at the same time, but I had said goodbye to my life as a professional singer years before, but this was a little bit different. Yeah. So how did you, how did you uh, sort of wrap your brain around the idea that you were no longer able to do this and did you come to some acceptance of, of the situation? What was that? What was going on? Well, one of the benefits of age is that you can start looking at these things with wisdom right away. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I like about getting older. And I decided to ask my surgeon, if my vocal folds are okay, what is the point of surgery? Because if there's no neurological connection, how can surgery help that? And he couldn't answer that. And I know and I believe deep in my heart that very often the physical things that happen to us are lessons we are giving ourselves to grow and learn. And I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself on this score. 
But I decided that I was going to try to heal without surgery and that I was going to get my voice back without surgery. And the first thing I did was I reconnected with Jeannie Lavetri, uh, the singing voice specialist up in New York City, and she has treated people with vocal fold paralysis before, and I began working with her. But then I began doing deep soul searching with a psychological spiritual counselor. Then that's been very intense over the past four years. And I now have six or seven notes back that I was told in February I would not get back without surgery. So this is pretty amazing stuff. That is. And it's very just cool. baby steps. But in the meantime, I would not let my voice be silenced. And mm. I've been writing. And I've come, uh, I'm writing a trilogy called The Nourishing Pen, which is a personal spiritual journey. And in this writing, I've discovered I really am a closet mystic. Mm. I like to use... I knew that all along. <laughs> I like to use poetry and metaphor uh, as a way to get at truths larger than what just words say. And book one, Meditations to Feed Christmas, is due out the first week of October. And this is funny because I've always wanted to write books. And it was almost because of the paralysis that I gave myself permission to actually do this, mm. finally. But what I found out was that you don't write books. Books write you. And for a while, I was very resistant to bringing out a book on meditations for Christmas because I thought, boring. Who's <laughs> going to want to read that? But it became a, a really fun journey, and I'm very glad I did it. And I, I learned a lot. And that's what the first book is about. And the second book? The second book, which I hope to release in 2014, is called Swallowing the Long Cool Sip. And it's the true story of transforming obsession with another person into mammoth physical healing and authentic creativity. Oh, now that sounds intriguing, It's Kate. very intriguing because we all know what obsession with another person feels like. Mm -hmm. And I've come to believe that when we stay stuck in the obsession, and believe me, mine lasted years, when we stay stuck in the obsession, we are refusing to see our own beauty and our own power. When it gets transferred in that fixed, heated moment onto one person, it's very easy to stay in that fantasy and not own it back into ourselves. And I don't know where I got the strength to do that, but I did. And I'm very glad I did. And that's what the second book is about. The third book, I don't know yet, but I know that it's there. <laughs> it's there waiting to be born. I can feel it. Well, don't you feel like, and I've always said this, and I think Oprah has said it first probably, but <laughs> maybe I learned it from her. So when we listen to the small still voice or that urging, like you probably had this urge to write years ago and you kind of didn't listen to it. You kept kept going with your life and life kept you know, going the way it does, then kind of seeps its way into our emotional body. And if we don't listen to the feelings and the emotional body, then it comes into the physical body and manifests as a dis-ease. Dis Absolutely. And so Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's a good lesson. And I think that that's what the, all those abdominal surgeries uh, that I mentioned in the first podcast were about. 
I was not listening to what my body was telling me. I was not listening to what I really wanted. I was living a life that I thought I should live. Mm. I was living a life that my head told me was right. I was living a life that uh, I was trying to keep up with people I admired. And I was trying to live out my father's voice. I was trying to live out my mother's voice. I I didn't know what my own voice was. Mm. Well, I love the fact that you've found your voice in your writing and and it's just another way to express yourself and there's there's so many ways that we can express ourselves in this life and um I'm so glad you came on the podcast to talk about it because that's one of mine. Well, so. the, the voice, and re- regardless of how it gets mm-hmm. out, whether it's physically or through mm-hmm. writing or through art or through parenting, the voice is probably the most powerful tool we have to connect with a human being, and it's the most powerful way to understand our worth as human beings. And when you stop to think about it, People who want to crush another person, the first thing they will do is to try to crush their voice, Mm. their expression, their expression of uniqueness, what they have to say. If you can cut out the voice, that's a quick way to cut out the soul. Mm. Well said. So for more information about your books... Where can people purchase them? They will be on www.katefrasierneely, C-A-T-E-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R-N-E-E-L-Y, katefrasierneely.com. They will be announced on my page, the first homepage, starting in October. I can't wait to read more about your journey, and you're so inspiring, and um, I, I have a feeling we'll be hearing more from your voice and Thank you for everything you do to help all of us uh, bring our unique voices forward in this world. Well, thank you, Connie, for having me.